Hey folks, my name is Ike Morgan and we are down in Alabama. Now, we're literally down in Alabama covering as much news as we can from Lookout Mountain to Mobile Bay. And Down in Alabama is also the name of our show. We spend about three to five minutes daily going over a handful of news and culture stories that are a mix of the top stories and maybe the most overlooked stories and sometimes just the most Alabama stories of the day. Now, there's not a strict definition of what the most Alabama stories of the day are, but you know them when you see them. So y'all come on by and give us a listen and bring a sense of humor because we take the news seriously, but not ourselves. The show is called Down in Alabama and we're available wherever you listen to your podcasts. For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. As the novel coronavirus wreaks havoc in Alabama and across the world, these are the stories of those seeking to survive the disease and its economic strain. To see him doing things like wearing a mask or talking about things you should be doing that will help to give us better odds of having college football in the fall, that's an extraordinarily important and impactful message coming from Nick Saban to people in Alabama. Today we hear from my AL.com colleague, Matt Scalici. Matt is a longtime sports producer for the site, previously covering high school football recruiting as well as the Alabama football beat, and now managing our sports video content. Alabama head football coach Nick Saban first made public comments about the pandemic in March, releasing a PSA about coronavirus safety measures fans could take, like hand washing and social distancing. We are in this together. And as one team, we will get through these difficult times. And together, we look forward to all that's to come, like the opportunity to play college football this fall. But the, best the program's annual spring practice and scrimmage were canceled, casting doubt over the future of any college football season in 2020. Saban has since appeared on various sports media shows to discuss how the pandemic has impacted his team and share his outlook on playing this fall. But I think the players that will be most affected by this are going to be the young players because I think spring practice is the first really opportunity uh, that they have to learn things at a really snail's pace. Uh, you don't have and just last week, Saban appeared in a new PSA for fans. While wearing a mask, he urged others to do the same and to continue practicing social distancing measures to fight the virus. All of us want to make sure we play football this fall. And to make that happen, we must be sure we stay at home if we have symptoms, wash your hands often, follow all social distancing guidelines, and please wear a mask anytime you're around other people. There's no doubt that Nick Saban is one of the most influential people in the state of Alabama, as well as college football on the whole. He quickly reached legendary status in Tuscaloosa, even before winning any of his five championships there. So his word should carry at least some weight as the state looks to turn a corner in the fight against the virus. But the number of coronavirus cases in Alabama has now topped 15,000, with 716 new cases reported since Monday. And cases continue to peak in various parts of the state, including Tuscaloosa. Can a powerful voice like Nick Saban's make a difference? Matt and I talk about Nick Saban's new role as coronavirus safety influencer, how he thinks the fans might respond to the coach, and if he foresees a college football season actually kicking off this fall. So Matt, Nick Saban has a pretty visible presence in Alabama's PSA campaign to fight the virus right now. Has his growing presence as a coronavirus safety influencer struck you at all? Or does this seem like 
par for the course in a statewide and national emergency situation? Well, I'd like to think it's par for the course. I'd like to think it's kind of the least that any person in an influential position can do. But the truth is, it is kind of extraordinary because there are a lot of people, particularly in the college football realm, who are pushing in the opposite direction on this issue. While I wouldn't say it's a radical position for Nick Saban to take, there are certainly a very vocal portion of his own fan base who disagree with him about the message he's giving in that PSA. So I think it's worth noting that, and it's worth noting that it's not a completely uncontroversial thing for him to do, which in and of itself makes it kind of a unique thing for Nick Saban. Well, and speaking of what you just said, we've heard from other college football coaches and media figures who have either expressed skepticism about the virus itself or about the potential for a college football season this year. What have you thought about that discourse within college football when it comes to coronavirus? Well, there's a lot of cultural and political factors that play into the positions that people take on that. I do think that one factor that you'd always expect to be driving that conversation about any issue in college football is money. The people who get paid the most money are the ones who would obviously logically be most likely to push for us to have college football on time and in as full a way as possible. And I think you have seen that to some extent. I think you've certainly seen it with a lot of the head coaches around the sport. You know, the conference commissioners and the athletic directors, I think, for the most part, have been very cautious about it. I think somewhat because they don't want to set expectations that they can't meet and somewhat because they're probably worried a little bit about things like liability and and their responsibility for the health and safety of a great many people. But, you know, I think for the most part, college football has been in this unique position where they didn't need to have an immediate answer to how they were going to deal with this, not in the way that Major League Baseball or the NBA had to have plans pretty quickly because, you know, it was bearing down in the middle of their season. So college football's been able to take a little bit of a watch and see approach. And so I think that's helped with some of the cautious approaches we've seen from administrative figures. What's been interesting is that despite that, some coaches have sort of decided to dive in anyway and give an opinion about it. And I think we saw Dabo Swinney and Mike Gundy were both guys that kind of came out very early and said, look, nothing's going to change. We're absolutely going to have college football no matter what. And they took a lot of heat for that, particularly from college football journalists and from a lot of fans as well. So I think the debate has mostly been pretty restrained with a couple of exceptions here and there. Well, and how do you think Alabama fans will respond to Nick Saban's plea for them to wash their hands, wear masks, and practice social distancing? Do you think that his words have had an impact? I think it does make an impact. I think that someone like him who's so respected and who's, you know, I think he's not just thought of as a person who's sort of a moral leader in the state, if you want to use that term, but he's also viewed by many Alabamians as a genius, you know, as a very smart person who thinks through things and has a reason for doing everything that he does. That's kind of his brand above all else. And to see him doing things like wearing a mask in a commercial 
or talking about things you should be doing that will help to give us better odds of having college football in the fall. That's an extraordinarily important and impactful message coming from Nick Saban to people in Alabama. Do I think that it will change everyone's behavior? Definitely not. I I think there are some people who've decided that you know, and, and we see we've seen them on the news being interviewed as as recently as this weekend, who've said, "Look, I know what everybody says, and I know that there's some danger out there right now, and I don't care. I just don't want to do it." So at that point, you're not even combating ignorance; you're just combating will. And the, there is some element of the population that does not have the will to do what scientists and doctors are saying needs to be done to prevent this disease from spreading. I don't think Nick Saban or anybody else can help with that. I do think that it makes a difference to hear it from as many people that you trust and respect as possible. I think it reinforces the message. And so I think it is important and I think it will make an impact ultimately on on a lot of football fans this fall, whether they're going to the games or not. Well, just to go back to what you said, that idea that people sort of hold Saban in this certain regard, how much influence do you think he has on the people of Alabama? There's obviously a pretty good split between various fan bases like Alabama and Auburn and elsewhere, and then you've got people who just really couldn't care less about football or what he might say about a national emergency. And you hear people say that the Alabama coach is often more famous or influential than the governor. Do you think that's true today? I think he is more influential and famous than the governor in Alabama. I don't think that he's more influential and famous than the president is in Alabama. And I think that's obviously informing a lot of the positions of people who don't want to take this disease seriously. And in some cases, not just are ignoring the advice of doctors, but seem to be actively opposing them and refusing to wear masks and and social distance. So I don't know that Nick Saban has much of a shot at influencing people of that particular mindset. But I do, again, I, I think that he, for the most part, is a person whose appeal goes across party lines I think he appeals to people of every different background, racially, economically. He is a very broadly liked person in this state. Auburn fans are probably the only large demographic of people here who don't like him. And I think even a lot of Auburn fans would at least tell you that they believe he's a person who knows what he's talking about and is thoughtful and smart. I think they would even begrudgingly admit that. So I I do think that he has a tremendous amount of influence. And so Anything that he could do to promote a cause that could benefit everybody is really a very important and impactful piece of speech from him. He doesn't do it with every issue, and so I think it's important and worth taking note when he does speak out about something. Well, and I have no doubt that Nick Saban and Alabama Athletics hope that people are healthy and safe and and they want to do their part in helping make this thing go away. But like you said, there's a lot of money involved here and at play. And you get the feeling that Saban's effort here is meant to do his part to ensure that there's a college football season in 2020. And we've heard reports on progress related to the NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball on potentially resuming their operations. What's the latest that you've heard about college football's hopes? At this point, the NCAA pretty much allowed 
individual schools to make their own decisions about when students could return to campus. And we've already heard from some schools who are saying we're bringing everybody back on June 1st. And we've had some that that say they're going to wait a while longer. You know, I think Oklahoma just came out today and said they're going to wait till the end of June to bring guys back in. So it's unusual in that there hasn't been this rush from every school to do everything they can possibly do to have the same advantages as every other program they're going to be competing against. That's a very rare thing to happen in college football. Usually when you tell these coaches they're allowed to have their players back on a certain day, they're all going to have them on that day at 12.01 a.m. And that's not what's happening right now. Everybody does seem to be taking different approaches and treating it differently. They're all going to have different policies about how they test and isolate and and keep these players safe. So it's really going to be a very strange and experimental time in this sport to see all of these schools dealing with it differently. And that comes from, you know, kind of the nature of college football, that there is not a central authority that tells everybody how to do things. I think we're not going to have a real clear picture of what the college football season is going to be like until probably later this summer could be in July, really, before we really have a great understanding of how much of a normal college football season we're going to have. And, you know, in the SEC's case, they've been, again, very cautious and not wanting to cancel anything, not wanting to confirm anything. They're just in a wait and see mode. They haven't even canceled SEC media days yet, believe it or not. So there's still a lot of important decisions that are waiting to be made. Well, so finally, what do you think are the biggest logistical holdups related to starting the season on time? I heard Paul Feinbaum say on Outside the Lines that wealthier programs like Alabama and Notre Dame and USC, they'll they'll make the adjustments accordingly, but it might be too expensive for smaller schools. And Booger McFarland said in an interview with The Athletic that some players and their families might be hesitant to participate due to safety concerns. So what do you see right now as the biggest challenge to start the season? I definitely think that there are financial concerns involving, you know, letting people into the stadium. I think that's a big concern for schools that rely very heavily on the income that they get from selling tickets to football games. And that is a lot of the schools, you know, especially if you're not in a power conference like the SEC where you make tens of millions of dollars from your TV contract every year. Selling tickets is really important to a lot of those smaller programs. And, you know, I think they want to wait and see, you know, if there's any possible way that they can sell even a portion of the tickets to these games, because it it would make a big difference to them financially. I think another big part of it, as you mentioned, is keeping the players safe, but also Beyond just the virus, it's also there's a safety element involved to preparing players for the season. And a lot of these schools are used to having an almost year round strength and conditioning program for these guys, putting them through their paces in spring practice can actually be a lot of coaches will tell you a safety element because it helps these younger players, especially understand what do you need to do to keep yourself from getting injured, to keep yourself in peak physical condition. Nick Saban has talked about that he's very concerned about the younger players, the incoming freshmen on the team, because they're going to basically have to do their first instances of learning the offense or defense while they're preparing for the season opener. They're not, they're not going to have that luxury of going through spring practice. So 
there's a lot of unpredictability that's playing into this. And, and I think coaches are, they are concerned for good reason about how this will affect the players. I think another factor in all of this too, Ben, is going into a football season with so little understanding of the logistics around games. These events are planned <laughs> so incredibly precisely. Just to give you an example of Alabama, we know where those players are going to be every second of every day that there's a football game. We know what time they're getting on the bus. We know when they're going to walk from the bus to the inside of the stadium. We know when they're going to leave the locker room and go to the field. If we don't have a great understanding of how this is going to change yet and what different procedures everybody's going to need to go to, there's going to be a lot more chaos. And chaos is obviously a thing that college football coaches hate, especially Nick Saban. So there's just such a ripple effect of changing anything and changing the status quo of how we need to approach day-to-day human interaction that there's going to be such a, a huge chain of events that will need to happen and things that need to be figured out and planned. And we can't know any of that until we know whether it's going to be safe at all to let people into a football game. Matt Scalici, thank you so much. Thanks, Ben. If you or anyone you know is affected by the coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. For all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit al.com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thanks for listening.